Today, we've got legend Kevin King back with us, and instead of just his regular strategy sessions that he does with us, we're going to have a little story time to hear about what he was up to in 2020 with his Amazon businesses, including one of them that he was grossing $40,000 a day on. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show. That's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon world, and we've got the most serious seller in the world, possibly, Kevin King. Serious in the sense that he means business, but of course, he's not that serious of a guy. How's it going, Kevin? Hey, I'm casual over here. I'm not serious, man. I'm, I'm casual. Casually doing <laughs> business, go. not seriously doing business. <laughs> I love it. Man, that's a goal for all of us, right? You know, like we don't want to get completely stressed out over it, you know, that's, but that's yeah, right. casual. All right, Kevin, you know, you've been on the show a few times, obviously, with, with some strategies and different things, but I thought wait, this wait, wait, episode- Wait, 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 I haven't just- Go been ahead. On, I haven't just been on the show. This show actually was a, the very first show back when Manny hosted it back in 2016. Yes. Uh, that I appeared on. It's almost five years. I think it was uh, March or April of 2016, so we're almost- Weren't you reluctant, five... I heard? Yeah, I was reluctant. The way it came down, actually, is I had posted something in the Facebook group, the High Rollers Facebook group. There was something in there. Uh, someone was saying something, and I basically called them out. And I said, you know, that's not the way it works, and this is how it works. And then I just decided, for whatever reason, you know, here's a top 10 list of, uh, I forgot what it was, how to launch a product or how to yeah. make your listing better or something like that. And uh, it, it started a, a big uh, chain of uh, comments. And Manny saw that and he's like, hey, this this might be a good guy to bring on the podcast. This podcast had just started, I think, in December. So it was only a few months old. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he brought me on. Uh, he messaged me, said, hey, would you come on? I was like, no, you know, I'm just a seller over here. I'm busy. You know, I, I have no interest in doing that. And uh, he, he finally twisted my arm, said, no, oh, just come on. You know, it'll be easy. And I was like, ah, all right, all right, all right. And so I came on and, you know, I had bad audio, didn't have a headset. I was like, I think I was in my garage. So it sounded like I'm in a tin can. And, uh, you know, we recorded for an hour or whatever it was. And, uh, that podcast, uh, struck a nerve with uh, some people and, uh, yeah. became pretty popular. And so, uh, that's kind of what set off the whole, whole thing of me speaking at events and conferences and doing the trading for freedom ticket and getting involved in the helium 10 elites and, and all that stuff. So yeah, it's almost the five year anniversary. Crazy, crazy. That started it all. And, you know, that's probably, people understand that's what happens sometimes when you get on podcasts. That's probably why I get like 75 billion emails every day of people wanting to come on the uh, the podcast because they want to be the next Kevin King. But no, there is only one that's, Kevin King. That's right. There's only one King. It's good to be the King. <laughs> Our, it's good to be the King. I love it. Now, what I was, what I was, uh, thinking about was also keeping in mind those all these previous times you've been on these podcasts is you know usually you you come on and and what you're known for is like you know specific either hacks or strategies or some of the latest and greatest techniques that sellers are doing or just like you said from that first one like your top 10 list and top seven strategies and different things but i, I thought we'd do something a little bit different and just kind of like uh get to know a little bit more about some of your you know what your businesses were doing i'm sure you have some interesting anecdotes to share. Uh, you know, 2020 was a, a crazy year for everybody. And I remember talking to you the last time on the podcast, which was about a year ago, you were making plans to, 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 to do a, a new endeavor 
on Amazon. And so I know you had like a big splash with your launch and, uh, but you know, it was up and down from there. So can we talk about that a little bit? How that, how that business worked out? What, what, uh, industry was that in? Yeah, that interest that one, I think I talked about, uh, about a year ago was actually in the, uh, it's in, the, it's products made of recycled ocean waste. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's, uh, we're specifically specializing in the dog space. So dog products, that uh, are made of recycled ocean waste. And we actually have not launched. I mean, that company has formed, it's funded, but we actually not launched the first product yet um, mm-hmm. because we're actually making a pivot. One of the things that uh, we initially, I probably talked about, we're doing uh, doggy poop bags and we're still doing that. But some opportunities came up while we're in development of those uh, that actually are, are a bigger opportunity with some licensing deals where uh, a pretty major uh, company uh, came in and said, "Hey, you know, we would like to. We like what you guys are doing. We like the name. I knew somebody that knew somebody. Uh, you know, a friend knew a friend that introduced us to their licensing team, and they they've got major athletes, the you know, Olympic athletes that have Instagram followings of two, three, four million, and just crazy stuff. And they're a huge brand that really ties in well, a uh, sporting brand that really ties in well to the to the eco and the ocean waste thing. So they really like that messaging and creating products. So they said, "Hey, our our." You guys are doing stuff in the pet space, which I have experience in from my other previous brands that I started previously. And, uh, you know, our pet license is up. Why don't we uh, partner up? And so we're like, you know what? This may be a good pivot. Um, instead of trying to build our own brand, which we'll still do, and, you know, build up the Instagram following, build up the Facebook following, build up everything, do all the launches, do all the stuff to basically educate people on this brand new thing from scratch. If we pivot here and we can piggyback off of them, we can do products mm-hmm. for under license for this company, when we launch a new product, you know, they'll give it to their influencers that'll put it on an Instagram with, you know, 2 million following, say, go buy it on Amazon or go buy it on our website. They've got uh, standing deals with Nordstrom's and Macy's and Dick's Sporting Goods and all the big chains where their line is already in there. So they can almost instantly at least put it in front of the buyer and say, hey, you should add this to the line. That doesn't mean they'll necessarily take it, but the, um, it's yeah. just major synergies and major opportunities. So we had to negotiate that and we had to come up with an entire new product line that, uh, you know, that they have to approve. Everything has to go through approvals and, you know, there's a licensing fee. And we and so we approached it from the point of view of, okay, if we're going to do stuff on Amazon and they don't have a strong Amazon presence. And so they've tried to hire people in the past to do it. And, and you know, it's nothing's really worked. So it's like, that's how I kind of got introduced to them. They're like, hey, I know this guy that knows a guy that knows something about Amazon. Why don't you go with them? So that's how kind of how we got introduced. And so we're still looking for products, even though this is a major brand name, we don't want to base a product that we're going to put on Amazon, at least the first few products. This could change down the road, but we're basing it on still product opportunities. So we're still using black box and x-ray and, and Cerebro and all that tools and analyzing, should we do this product? What if it didn't have this big brand name on it? What if it was just Kevin's dog company or whatever? Nobody knew. Could, could this still be a good product opportunity? And that's how we're now. Analyzing, they came to us and said, "Oh, why don't you do the, you know, why don't you do pet leashes and why don't you do collars?" And we're like, "No, that stuff is so competitive. Even with your name on yeah. it, there's not enough of a differentiation." Yeah, that's a, having your name is a leg up, but no. So maybe down the road we'll expand to that once we you mm-hmm. know, get more established. But so that's how we're doing it. So you know, we had to find the the products, uh, get their approval. Uh, you know, to do, go through the contracting process, negotiation process. You know, it's a big long contract. Some things we didn't like in there. You know, they had some. Uh, we're a new company. They said, well, you have to have a minimum balance, bank, average bank balance of this much. And it was pretty large. Um, and we're like, uh, no, we're a new company. You know, yeah, we're well-funded into the six, seven figures, but this bank balance, 
based on sales and royalties is way too high. So, you know, to negotiate that down, a lot of stuff. So that's just was literally just signed um, in January of uh, 2021. And so our first products on that will be out uh, this summer. Okay, but we cool, already started cool. the process, the prototyping. I mean, we just sent, you know, one of the first products uh, for the dogs. We just sent to the uh, to the, the folks over there, and they love the product. You know, they they actually are using it with their dog, and sent, just sent us some pictures today. Actually, just got them today. Here's their dog in our living room using this product, and uh, they're super stoked and super excited. And I think it's going to be a really good win win because we have a strong differentiation. We can launch a lot easier uh, yeah. than normal, and uh, I. I you know, get into retail. And so I think it's going to be really good for the brand. Excellent. Excellent. So that's one of the big things that, that happened for you in 2020, kind of like a pivot based on your original plans. But I think that's important to know, you know, you might have a, a great plan, but if a better idea comes along, you know, people should have the flexibility or, or willingness to, to not be so stuck on their original plan and, and miss out on an opportunity just because they just want to, nope, I got to do exactly what I plan to do. So, you know, having the flexibility to pivot guys is important in, in business. Now, uh, what else? What else uh, were some big e- events for you in uh, 2020? Well, in 2020, uh, you know, Steve uh, Simonson and I partnered up on uh, Product Savants. Is it ProductSavants.com? Uh, that that we launched that. Uh, we've been talking about and teasing it uh, pretty much all of 2019, and uh, we actually finally got it launched in uh, 2020. That's a lot of work. Um, you know, the the whole idea behind Product Savants is a pain point for a lot of sellers. Is they they have trouble finding products. You know they can I find a product? And once I find a good opportunity uh, to sell on Amazon, now I got to find a factory. And how can I find the best factory that's not ripping me off? I can use Alibaba and use my sources. And But Steve has a, I don't know, 25, 30 years, some, some ridiculous number of years of sourcing experience in China back before there was bullet trains. And, you know, he had to take donkey carts to get to the factory or whatever. He'll tell you stories, but he's very, mm-hmm. exper- very experienced. And he's got a team on China, on the ground in China that, you know, speaks the language. And it's like having having your own major sourcing company so they can bypass all the Alibaba, all the higher pricing. They can bet the factory's good. So my job is I find great product opportunities. Some of those I might carve off for myself. You know, if it's in the dog space, um, I might carve that off for myself. Um, uh, or if it doesn't fit with what this new brand we're doing, maybe we'll, we'll pass it over. So I give it to him. His team sources it. We vet the product after they come back with the sourcing, and sometimes it doesn't work. The numbers, you know, things change in the month or two between I find it and the final pricing comes back. And like, no, nope, it's not a good opportunity anymore. A lot of people entered the space, or maybe we couldn't get the pricing we needed. You know, everybody's selling on Amazon mm-hmm. for thirty bucks, and our best landed cost is seventeen dollars. We're like, nope, nobody's making money on this. Uh, we can't do it. So we probably two thirds of the products get scrapped, and then what is left over, we provide as opportunities to experienced sellers. So this is not for new people. So if you're brand new or, uh, you know, it's not for rich doctors that have 50,000 heard Amazon's a good business. I want to invest. It's for established sellers who are already know how to, how to run an Amazon business already have products up, but are looking to expand their line. And so we, we offer this as a service where we, we ha- have, say, so here's a, basically a product on a platter. Um, uh, it's up to you to launch it. We're not involved in the launching on how you customize it or anything. This is just, here's an opportunity. Uh, they pay us a fee for that. And then we get a, a small, a uh, little, uh, as Steve calls it, a Scooby snack uh, on the backside. Okay, cool. All right. What about on the, you know, so that, that's one of the services you guys were able to do. And I've actually talked to a couple of people who are using that and, and they, they had uh, success in it. Any expansion on your personal Amazon side? I know I definitely want to talk about the calendars. We always talk about that every year because that always boggles my mind. And, and I heard there's some funny things that happened to you with that calendar. But uh, what else on the Amazon side uh, did you uh, do you have to report from 2020? Launched another business in the PPE space. You know, back in uh, March, 
when uh, things were going crazy with sanitizer, uh, a couple of my buddies, I have partners in Hong Kong and in the UK, a couple of the guys in the Hong Kong said, hey, uh, we, they're partners in this, uh, the eco business, like, hey, we got an opportunity, we can get hand sanitizer from India. Uh, and this is when things were just blowing up, you couldn't get it, you know, guys were driving around U-Haul trucks, getting it from dollar stores and selling it for ridiculous amounts on Amazon. And I was like, no, dude, this is another fidget spinner. I, I don't want to be involved in that. That's not something I'm interested in doing. And they're like, well, we can get it really cheap. And I was, and so I started doing a little bit of homework. You know, they're kind of like, just we can make some money really quick. I'm like, nah, if we're going to do this, we got to build a brand. You know, I'm not in this to yeah. let's make money and get out because we can be left holding the bag. We got to build a brand right from the ground up with all the, you know, properly with proper logos, proper packaging, uh, even a theme song, proper Facebook and the whole nine yards. And like, okay, that's cool. Well, when we started vetting this India company, you know, we didn't know the first thing about FDA rules and EPA rules and sanitizer and hazardous goods. And so there's a huge learning curve, but we vetted this Indian company and they didn't have FDA. They had FDA, said they had FDA certification. We asked for all the documents. It wasn't US FDA. It was some sort of Indian FDA. And we're like, no, Uh no, this is not going to work. So they scrambled around, found a factory in China that could make make hand sanitizer for us. at the same time, we had somebody, a, a person in the Amazon space, um, I don't want to say their name here, they might want not want to share just yet, but um, here in the Amazon space said, hey, I've got some good distribution. Um, I could, uh, you know, come in here and maybe help you guys with distribution. We're like, that's great. Um, why don't you come in? And he said, I'm already doing some other PPE stuff, you know, some masks and some other things on the side. And you know what? Also, uh, a buddy of mine owns a, a chemical factory in Wisconsin. Uh, and they had to lay off everybody. They make, uh, chemicals for like flooring, for like construction, for like, you know, to stain your wooden floors and stuff like that. And because of the, the pandemic, these guys are kind of, uh, on hiatus or laid off. And if we can fire that up and start making a sanitizer, why don't we do that? So he calls him the guy's like, yeah, we can, we can pivot here. Uh, so we had some U S based stuff, but we couldn't get the packaging. So like, we're like, we need some little small size travel size. We need some medium size. But all the packaging, all the bottles, all the plastic bottles, everything was wiped out. And so we call factories say, hey, we need uh, you know, 20,000 of these uh, uh, 16-ounce bottles. Uh, okay, we can get, deliver those in December. This was, you know, March. <laughs> all right. So we looked into buying machines. We looked into everything. The only thing that we could get were gallons. But they weren't actual gallons. Mm-hmm. They were like 1.25 gallons. I don't. It's probably some liter thing or something. But they were a little bit more than a gallon. That's the only thing we can get. And these jugs are normally like... 30 cents a piece empty. Yeah. But then because of the pandemic, we're having to pay like four or $5 a piece for them. Wow. And so we, and then ethanol prices went way through the roof, but we were able to, to pivot and make this hand sanitizer in the, in the U S. And then they also said, you know what, what about wipes? You know, wipes, we, we were trying to get in wipes and, and wipes were flying off the of shelves and wipes have a higher barrier to entry. So they said, you know what, we can make, we think we found a guy in uh, Chicago that has cloth, uh, you know, it's, and we can get this cloth from him and we can take this ethanol and we can make these wipes. But the only thing is these are huge wipes. They're like, you know, not little baby wipes. These are like big wipes. Um, and he's insisting on packaging it. So we're just going to have to pour the alcohol on top. But he's insisting on, he won't just send us the wipes and let us do the packaging. He's insisting on packaging. We're like, okay, let's put it in a pail, you know, protect it. He's like, nope, there's no pails until January. Uh, you can't get plastic pails. So we like, what do we do? So we put it in a big zipper, Ziploc type of bag, you know, a commercial type of Ziploc bag uh, and put these like 200 wipes in this bag and then put it in, created a, a cardboard box, a nice big cardboard box and put it in there. 
we couldn't get the plastic parts for the top, so it had to be like a little flap on the top. And they were able to make it, and you know, we were able to put it up on Amazon um, for like eighty bucks. And, and our cost on them were, was in the in the thirty around thirty. Uh, and so, okay. so it was a decent margin, but people thought we were price gouging. You know, and the Amazon algorithm thought we were price gouging. Like, no, this is just the cost of doing businesses. This is where we need to be to make money after PPC, after fulfillment cost, after everything. And we're not making a lot of money. Yeah. So what we did is we, um, we had ended up having some problems with these bags, uh, where the, the, the manufacturer who was based in the U S said they're leak proof. They turned out to not be leak proof. So some of the customers were getting these and their the entire box that they come in was soaked. In some cases, oh. we were shipping them FBM, and we were people would message us uh, on Amazon and say, "Why did you send me trash bags?" And I'm like, "What?" And I just got like two trash bags full of wipes. What the what kind? What the hell kind of company are you? you expect me to do it myself and put these together? And we're like, "What is going on?" But the stuff was leaking in the UPS assembly line somewhere, and so UPS would just take it off the assembly line, throw the product in a trash bag, stick a label on top, and deliver it. <laughs> Literally. And so they, they had oh ordered like God. five boxes of wipes and get this big trash bag full of just alcohol. And it was a disaster. Um, and then our stuff out of China, you know, came and we had issues with that. We did QC on it, but the QC company didn't, didn't quite check the smell right. You know, we did all the tests to make sure it was the right kind of alcohol and everything. It passed all that. And apparently that's with the smell. When it came, some people were writing reviews saying this smells like stinky feet. This ethanol smells like <laughs> stinky feet. And we're like, what the heck? Um, and then around the summertime, there was a scare in the news with people saying, um, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of hand sanitizers coming out of Mexico that were uh, using a, an alcohol called methanol with an M. And that's, that comes from wood. So ethanol, ethanol without the M, which starts with an E, comes from uh, corn or sugar usually. And then you have isopropyl. So the three main types of alcohol are isopropyl, which is like what medical grade when you go to get a shot when you go to get a coronavirus shot and they they wipe your uh or a vaccine of any kind or take blood and they wipe your arm you know before they stick the needle in that's isopropyl there's ethanol uh which is a little bit less expensive usually than isopropyl and then there's methanol which is the cheapest and made of wood but there's a huge scare where the fda came out and said do not use these 80 different ethanol uh hand sanitizers that were made in mexico that have methanol well, because of the pandemic, there's a lot of people going on Amazon, especially older senior citizens, buying hand sanitizer and wipes. And they're, a lot of them were not very computer savvy or Amazon savvy. And so they were looking at our ingredients and misreading it, because getting confused with the word ethanol, with an, that starts with an E, or methanol, where it's the same spelling, you just put an M on the front. And they were getting confused and writing reviews and reporting to Amazon that, hey, these guys are selling dangerous stuff. This is on a recall list. And just wasn't true. But as a result of all these problems, um, the listings got uh, suspended um, just because of those problems like three or four times. Plus, because of PPE, there there's all kinds of, uh, you know, Amazon was just knocking down listings left and right. We launched in June and and we actually, what we did in April, we reached out to the, co Amazon had a COVID store. So it was like a special COVID store. And their whole idea is like, we want to make sure that hospitals and governments and people that need this product to actually get it ahead of consumers. So they, they siphoned off like Perel and Germex and Lysol and Clorox. All that stuff came out of the main Amazon site that you and I go to as a customer and went into this COVID store. And you had to be like a, a, a business or a, a first responder or whatever to get into to buy from the COVID store. So what that did is it opened up a major opportunity on Amazon where there was no big brands. If you type hand sanitizer right now, something like half of the top 100 are, are Germex or Perel. But at that time, it was nobody. It was all these 
like Chinese companies and crazy stuff. So there's a major opportunity on Amazon because all the big brands were basically cordoned off in this COVID store. So if you wanted hand sanitizer or wipes, you had to buy from one of these off-brand that you never heard of people. So it was a great opportunity. So even though our shipments, which took longer because we're dealing with hazardous goods, we thought we'd have this stuff in May. It didn't arrive until the end of uh, end of June in most cases because of shipping delays and have special permits and China having rules about hands, uh, hazardous goods. And then we had some delays getting the ethanol into our U.S.-based manufacturing. And so there's just delays. So what we did is we actually started pre-selling the stuff in June without even having it, saying, you know, on June 3rd, I think is when we started, we launched, and you couldn't do PPC on June 3rd for any kind of uh, hand sanitizer or PPE product. The PPC wasn't allowed. And so we started, we launched and said, put a future date, like delivers July 7th or something. And sales immediately took off, like went through the roof. And then two days later, Amazon quietly, they didn't announce it, quietly opened up PPC uh, to PPE. So we were one of the first ones to be able to do PPC uh, when they opened it back up. So for like a couple of weeks, we were getting like just ridiculously low A-cost and just like crushing it, doing forty, fifty thousand $50,000 a day on a product that didn't even exist yet or didn't even, wasn't even in stock yet and had a way future date. It was crazy. And so we, wow. we just rocked it and rocked it and rocked it. And then, but once we shipped in July, then all these problems came, you know, the leaking, the leaking stuff, the, the, the smelly hand sanitizer, one of them was sticky. People were like, oh, this is like rubbing Elmer's glue on your hand. It was just, it was a disaster. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's not all uh, uh, champagne and roses like some people think dealing with Amazon. All right, let's take a quick break here for my BTS Bradley's 30 seconds. Here is my 30 second tip for the episode. And this actually originally kind of came from Kevin King. Now, one way to kind of see the reach of one of your competitors on Amazon is to analyze where they have the best real estate. In other words, where are they at the top of the page? So what you can do is run Cerebro on one of your competitors, okay? And then filter it down for the where they are located, maybe in the first five or 10 organic positions with a minimum search volume of, you know, say 300, 400, 500, whatever you choose, and then take that list of keywords and put it into magnet and do a magnet multi-keyword search in Helium 10. If you do that, now you'll get a total search volume and some data on those keywords so you can kind of gauge the reach of your competition. One thing that is almost been like champagne and roses for you every year and that we always talk about on the podcast is your calendar business, how you know every you know, near the end of the year, you, you have this certain line of calendars that you release for the following year. And it's so good and so niche that you don't even have to do any giveaways. You don't have to do any PPC or anything. And you get to page one and you just make, make uh, money hand over fist. But this was actually, wasn't this one of the first years that you actually did run into some, some issues on, on Amazon with your calendar business? Yeah. So the, I've been selling calendars on Amazon since 2001. And we used to do it through a program, I think it still exists, called Advantage. So Amazon had this program, it's kind of before FBA and before even uh, where you would set up wholesale accounts on Amazon called Advantage. And it was meant for books, um, DVDs, and like CDs, media, basically, books and media. And so the calendars fall under the books category. And so we used to do, uh, you know, back in the day in 2001, 2002, Amazon, they actually, you get it, sign up for the program and you send the stuff on consignment. So you send it in. And Amazon pays you once a month on consignment. Uh, and so we would we would send in, you know, they would send purchase orders. They'd say, send us, a, I think, our best year, like 2000, well, not our best year. But when we first started, we were doing like 400 units total. Uh, 
uh, you know, 2002, 2003 on Amazon for the entire calendar season, which basically runs uh, the, the bulk of it is mid uh November to mid-January, but people start ordering as early as July or August, but the bulk is uh, those two months around uh, around Christmas time. Uh, but um, so we'd sell like 400 and you know anything they didn't sell, they would return to us and they would they had, we would set the price and they'd just pay us a commission. Well, we did that for like uh, until about 2017. And in 2017 when Amazon started really growing, it's like, uh, you know what? we're we're not getting the customer names here. This could be a great lead magnets. I don't, to, to sell other calendars and our other products too. We also, I don't have control over the listing. Um, I don't have control over the marketing or anything. So I nervously switched it to, to FBA thinking that let's see what happens here. And it went pretty smoothly for the first few years, no problems. We would you know, ship in whatever we thought and, and, and we did pretty well and Amazon would pay us. These calendars landed or $1.52 and uh, we're selling them on Amazon for nineteen ninety five. Some years we have three different SKUs, some years four or five, uh, never more than five. And we were, we were doing pretty good every year picking up. And people, I was able back then to get the names and addresses. You know, you could get it from FBA and I could then put them into my database and do Facebook targeting uh, and or send them out a, a mail catalog. because we have a bunch of other calendars we don't sell on Amazon that are just direct. Um, and, and we're just a wholesaler of um, <clears throat> that we buy from a, a different different manufacturers. And so we could get a little extra bump that way. You know, some of those guys still send in checks and money, money orders. They prefer to order with an envelope through the mail, not online. So we, we grabbed, grabbed some of that business. But this year, we had our account, we did five different calendars, five different SKUs. Uh, we came into stock in, uh, in July. So I actually shipped into in July and I was able to luckily right before the, that's why I think it was July when the 200 rule changed, I was able to ship in like a thousand units of each one or something right before that restriction came into place. And I was like, thank God, you know, I created the order on a su- the, the shipping plans on a Sunday night. And I think Monday, the rule went into effect. So I already had the shipping plans made. We send those in, sales start, uh, you know, few here, few there, you know, random people buying them in July and August. Just, you know, there's no competition. You're getting ranked for keywords when there's no demand. You know, it's kind of like if you're selling Christmas stuff or Halloween stuff, you know, start selling it in july or june or august when no one's really looking for halloween and you can just kind of ride that wave all the way up as the demand increases for the keywords it's easy to get ranked so that's what we were doing come uh come november around uh thanksgiving you have black friday and cyber monday and you know i'm seeing people on facebook and the in the helium 10 users group in different places hey how are your sales uh oh, we're up you know 2x 3x uh, it's, uh, it's okay this year i'm seeing a little bit of bump and i, I look at mine and i'm like yeah we're doing all right but you know what normally we do over that period sales really start to ramp up and we get a three, four X bump and we didn't have that. We just had a slight increase. And now it's like, yeah, you know what? I was even, I remember telling Steve Simonson, I was talking to him. I was like, yeah, this year is just, it's okay. I guess people are ordering earlier because of COVID, you know, everybody was saying, get your orders in earlier. It's going to take longer to ship. So maybe just the, it's going to be spread out this year and people are just ordering over a longer period of time. Didn't think anything of it. Every one of the calendars was selling. So it wasn't like anything wasn't selling. And then come uh, early December, around December 6th or 7th, you know, I started to, I was like, I had a little bit of time, you know, I was super busy with some other things during late November. December, I was like, you know, let me take a look at this again. Something just doesn't feel right here. So I started taking a look at it. Yeah, everything is selling. But, you know, some of these titles, they're actually selling better in October than they're selling right now. Um, that's not right. Something's wrong here. <laughs> let me go check uh, the keywords. So I start typing in, you know, uh, uh, some of the key this this particular account because it's seasonal. I don't have it tied to Helium 10 uh, keyword tracker, um, so I, I'm 
just because it's just a short window. I just have never done that. I, I, I will in the future, but I, I didn't. So um, I, I went and started typing in some of the keywords. We're not showing up for like the t- keywords in the title. I'm like, what the heck? But I could go right to the listing. The listing was, there's no notices in my seller central about being suspended or problems. The listings were active. People were buying them. I could see it down there on customers who bought this also bought or customers who viewed this also viewed these. So it turns out that's where the sales were coming from was the, those areas. Right, so I was like, let me try one other thing. Let me just punch the ASIN in, you know, the old indexer check where you punch an ASIN and the keyword. I was like, let me take the keywords off. And let me just punch the ASIN in. I punch the ASIN in as a search term. Nothing shows up. I'm like, what in the, hmm. what in the hell? Uh, so I'm like, okay, maybe they move my category or something. So I, I open up some flat files and try to update the category no, I'm in the right category. I open up some tickets with Seller Central. Hey, um, this listing is something's something's not right. Can you make sure it's in this office supplies, blah, blah, blah category? I would get responses back. Uh, thank you, Mr. Kevin. Um, the category on the listing is correct. Um, this case is now closed. Literally, that's about basically all I would say. But one of the listings, uh, out, of the, out of the five listings, four of them did not show up. One was still just booming and doing well, selling like crazy. The other four were, were not showing up when you typed in the ASIN. So on one of those four that I got some other different customer service guide in Amazon that said, um, we have reactivated, we have uh, made sure the listing is in the correct category. Uh, you should be good or you know something to that effect. Uh, and so I went and looked at the listing. Boom, it's showing up again for all the keywords and everything. I was like, that's weird. It's in the same category. Nothing has changed. What the heck is going on here? And so I made an edit to the listing. Boom, it's gone again. So I opened up a ticket again for all of them again. This time, the same thing. The three of them, Mr. Kevin, everything is in the right category. You're good to go. Thank you very much. Case closed. This one, uh, we have... uh, uh, we have refreshed the listing or whatever they said. We've uh, updated the listing for you. Um, thank you very much. Sh- start showing up again. So then I was like, you know what? Something is going on here. It turns out I figured it out finally. And Amazon didn't ever tell me. No warnings, no nothing. I've been moved to the adult category on these cat- these, these oh. calendars. We've been moved for whatever reason into the adult category. So we were basically did not exist on Amazon unless you had some adult filter turned on, which most people don't even, I don't even know how to go do it, honestly. And so I was like, damn, man, I've got all this stuff sitting here. These calendars are like selling milk. Uh, you know, they, they expire. You know, there's only a short window here. Yeah. I can't sell a calendar in February. Well, I can sell a calendar in February, but you sell it at 75% off or whatever. I can't sell it for 19.95 in February. Or these are no good if I still have a bunch of these next June. I have a window here of about another month because uh, this is like close to around December 10th by this time about another month to try to, to ride this wave, what can I do? And so the only solution I came up with, you know, I was like, you know what? I have a garage um, downstairs in my, my condo. I don't park a car in there. I have it, you know, for storage and stuff. I have a whole shipping area set up down there with a uh, a MacBook, uh, not a MacBook, uh, an old uh, Macintosh computer, a monitor, a couple weighing scales. You know, I got all the boxes and peanuts and tape and uh, Dynamo label printer and all that kind of stuff. I was like, I don't have a choice. You know, I can't get a 3PL right now. They're all backed up. I will just create FBM listings. But I couldn't go on the existing listings and just create uh, an alternate condition. I had to create brand new listings. Well, luckily, I have uh, a UPC uh, prefix. So back right now, when you go and you buy UPC codes from GS1, you have to, you know, you pay a certain amount of dollars for how many codes you want. I have 
most people don't realize this, but I forget if it's the first five or the first six digits are actually like a prefix number. They're assigned to a specific company. And so back 20 years ago, when I got my UPCs for this company, you just paid a flat fee of, I don't know, 700 bucks or whatever, and you got a code. And then you just make up the additional five numbers behind it, and you put a check digit. You have to use a software tool that adds a, there's a formula that puts a check digit as the last number. And it's kind of like credit card numbers. You know, that's how the credit cards, when you type in your credit card on a form, it says that's not a valid Visa number. It's because the last number is a check, uh, often a check digit. But so yeah. it, uh, so I can create whatever I want unlimited basically um um and so i just like you know what since these aren't going to amazon i don't care what the upc is i'm just gonna use some made-up upcs that i've never used before put those in create brand new listings on amazon so i have du duplicate listings which is something you're really not supposed to do uh, but it's the only way around it and put them as fbm and and what I then what I was going to do is, man, I need to get these ranked. You know, this is the middle of December. Everybody's already ranked for all the keywords. You know, I missed the window from August. I can't link it to the existing products. So what do I do? So I took my in-house customer list of like uh, 13,000 emails of people who bought calendars uh, over the last couple of years from me. And most of them had already bought. They'd already bought on Amazon, already bought from our, our mail order catalog we sent out in October. But I was like, one day only sale, flash sale, today only. This was a Sunday. Go to Amazon. Use these special links. I went to helium10.com forward slash gems. Use the, the ref uh, affiliate ASIN URL. Uh, put in some keywords. Said, go here. It's half price today only. Had about 150 orders on that day. All got me ranked. And then boom, I'm off to the races. And then everything coming in FBM to ShipStation uh, using ShipStation software. I had to upgrade my account because at one point I was shipping 500 orders a day. Uh, me literally going down to my garage, turning on my cell phone on the hotspot on my Apple iPhone so I could connect to the computer, have to restart the computer so it could, would connect to the Wi-Fi each time into the printer so it would go through this special software that ties the Mac to the Dynamo printer. Just a royal pain in the butt. But, you know, and I had people offer to help me come down. You know, a buddy of mine said, hey, I'll come help you. And my wife said, you know, you need some help. But these are pretty simple. It's one calendar just going into like a big cardboard envelope. It's like it's like monotonous, brainless work. And it's not too many SKUs. And so I was like, nah, I'll just handle it. I'll be down there. You know, I've been doing this for 20 years. I can knock out 75, 80 of these an hour, 100 an hour. So I, some days I was down, I, I'd go at night, you know, 10 o'clock at night to like 3 in the morning or something and just be banging these out. But I use that time while I'm banging these out doing mindless work um, to actually have some time where I could just focus and I could listen to podcasts. You know, I caught up on all of the uh, serious mm -hmm. sellers podcasts. I caught up on all the other podcasts and just listening. So I'm learning while I'm making money and working and I'm solving a problem, salvaging a business. Now we're completely basically wiped out. I think I've got about a hundred, hundred units total left right now. We've completely wiped it all out. And then uh, this app uh, clubhouse became the rage. And so for between Christmas and new year's, I, I couldn't really participate on this app, but I could listen. So I started listening and seeing what people were doing, listening to different groups about different social media tactics and Amazon tactics and you name it. So I use that time as learning time as well as making money time. That's so cool. Like, yeah, we're, we're going to, uh, you and I are going to have a, a weekly room on there. We, we don't have a name for it. We got to figure out a name like the, the, the Kevin and Bradley show or ask us anything or something like that, uh, that we're going to have serious sellers, freedom tickets, something, <laughs> something we got to have a name. 
And uh, how can people yeah, find we, you, you know on what, uh, Clubhouse? Need, we need, What's the? We need to ask Manny. You know, Manny's always good with names. He, he was always, always really good, good with, with the, the names. The names yeah. You know, for Helium Ten, Black Box, and Frankenstein, and yeah. Cerebro. And, yeah, yeah he, he's always. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be seeing him. What name? Do you just have your own name uh, on Clubhouse? Is it just at Kevin King yeah, or what is it? It's at uh, I think at Real Kevin King. R E A L Real Kevin King. The real Kevin yeah. King, not the fake Kevin King. The real Kevin King. All right, and guys, I'm uh, at H10 Bradley. So make sure to follow us so you'll be notified when we have uh, when we do our first episode of the uh, show. Now, if you're uh, just not, if you're um, not on Clubhouse, just a quick, just for those listening that like what Bradley Kevin, what the hell are you talking about? What's this Clubhouse? If you haven't seen it, uh, Clubhouse is a social media, you know, some say it's an audio media, it's, it's a social media app that's in private beta right now. It started uh, about a year ago, about a million, a little over a million people in it now, uh, but it's audio only. So it's kind of interesting. There's no texting, no posting, uh, no news feed, no instant, no messaging other people. It's almost like being at a conference and picture yourself, you're at a, you know, you're at a conference, a Helium 10 or a prosper show or whatever conference and you're in a conference room and there's a panel on the stage of seven people sitting in chairs and you you can raise your hand and ask them questions or you can just listen to them chat amongst themselves about a topic and there's a lot of amazon sellers over the last uh, month or so that have kind of migrated in there and there's some amazing stuff yep. being shared it can be a time suck uh, but there's some guys that are uh, are sharing just stuff that's usually you know for a mastermind or for a paid thing and so bradley and i are going to be on there you know talking about uh, some stuff and ask me anything, whether it's about launching on Amazon or Helium 10 or whatever, whatever you have. So make sure you get on that app. You need to know somebody to invite you, or you might be able to, if you download the app, you have to have an iPhone or an iPad. So it's iOS only right now. So iPhone or iPad and download the app and then connect your, uh, your contacts, allow it to connect your contacts. And if your contacts are on, on, on clubhouse, it, it should ping a few of them at random and say, hey, would you like to let uh, this person in? Hopefully it's not your ex-girlfriend that you uh, broke up with and never wants to talk to you again, and it pings. So make sure that person is out of your contact list before you do it. That happened to my brother. Yeah. It, it said it, he has two contacts uh, when you download the app. He's like, two, two of your contacts are on Clubhouse. Would you like you know, us to see if one will invite you? And he's like, sure. One was me, and one was a girlfriend he hadn't talked to in over a year. The, the, the oh. clubhouse chose the girlfriend. So he is like, I guess I'm not going to get on. So I actually had to use one of my invites to get him in. Um, but, uh, and once you're in, you get a, you get a, a few invites that you can invite some other people, but, um, it's going to blow up. Um, and there's some great information being shared on there. There's also yep. some, some wannabes, some people that are saying they know a lot about something when, uh, they really don't. So just, just be careful. Uh, it, it's, it's attracting some of the seedier side of, uh, our business as well, but, uh, I think it's a great place, uh, at least right now, uh, to get in on the ground floor and uh, make some connections with other sellers, learn some stuff. And th the great thing I'm seeing about it, you know, he Helium 10 has a huge audience. And there's this whole audience of people that use Helium 10 and that we all interact with at conventions uh, or at uh, uh, conferences or in on the Facebook group or, or wherever or that listen to this podcast. But what I'm finding is that there's a lot more people out there that are from these other little ecosystems of Amazon sellers or some people that have never really yeah. joined a group and they're coming yep. in. Oh, I'm an eight figure seller. I live in a uh, Shanghai. I'm American living over here and I just never really participated in all this stuff. And so it's, it's pretty interesting. So I would recommend you check. Yeah, it out. I've noticed that too. People who are, you know, pretty proficient with Amazon, but I never heard of them before because they're not in our, you know, they, they don't go to the conferences that we used to go to and they're not in the Helium 10 users Facebook group, et cetera. So it's a great place to meet new people in the in the industry. 
first of all, side note, I mean, I, I think this is great. Like, uh, whenever Kevin comes on to the episode, uh, my number of words that I actually speak on an episode <laughs> with Kevin King as a guest, it's like the least out of any episode ever. I just get to like kick back here, get caught up with my Slack and emails here as, as Kevin gives the, the story time. So I, <laughs> I love that. But uh, one thing, you know, we, we did have story time today. And that's why, like I said, I wanted to do that a little bit differently because I knew you had some cool stories to tell about 2020. But of course, you know, you wouldn't be Kevin King, the real Kevin King, without some of your strategy. So, you know, as you know, what we do on this episode at the end, every week we have our our TST. So can you give us a 30 second strategy here for Amazon sellers who are waiting for Kevin King's hack or Kevin King's strategy? Sure, I, I, I can do that just for you, Bradley, just for you. Uh, no, right. So, you know, I don't know if it's 30 seconds, it might take me a minute, but this is a good one. So on one of our products recently, uh, we lost the buy box on the product. We're the only seller. We're a private label. We're the only seller. Uh, the first thing I do is I make sure that I have my low price and my high price band set. So you can do that by going into Seller Central and you manage F FBA inventory. Up at the top right corner, there's something called, I think it's called preferences or columns or something. You click that and you can turn on and off different columns like BSR and sales price. Turn on the low price and high price and make sure you have a pricing band. So if I'm selling at 1995, I'll put that pricing band at like my low is going to be 899, my high is going to be 3999 or something. Just so Amazon doesn't think I'm price gouging. Um, that was set. Then the next thing that you can lose the buy box if you're the only seller is because um, maybe you're selling it someone selling it cheaper on Walmart or on your own website. Amazon uses scrapes other sites and if it's being sold for cheaper somewhere else, then then Amazon may they can, you can still buy it on Amazon, but it'll say available from other sellers and you have to click over and it can hurt your conversions and you're still the only seller, but it's there. So that we thought that might be the case. We check everywhere. We can't find it anywhere. You know, nobody that got a rebate uh, selling it, nobody on eBay, nothing. Our site's higher price. Could not freaking figure this out. Why did we lose the buy box? Opening up ticket after ticket, trying to go through the, uh, the Amazon system where, you know, the AI system that just basically says gives you a standard answer. The buy box is controlled by things and check these five things and just a bunch of BS just going in circles. So finally, I called my guy at, at Amazon, um, the guy I talked about earlier and said, hey, can you help me out here? Can you escalate the case? He's like, I can, man. But you know, they just pretty much ignore this stuff. Anything related to the buy box just really is a dead, uh, a dead end wall. So well, how can we fix this? One of these has been two months. We haven't had the buy box on one of our PPE products and it's killing the sales on this item and we can't figure it out. He's like, let's play with some stuff. He said, you have an FBA and an FBM listing. Let's let's take the FBM listing and put it to zero. You're in stock at FBA. Let's say you have zero quantity on FBM and see what happens. We try that. doesn't work. He's like, all right, let's play with the pricing up and down. We play with the pricing up and down in combination with zero. Then he comes with ideas. You know what? Let's look at your business pricing. Your business pricing, let's make sure it's at least a dollar less than your, than your uh, normal pricing. We change that to, you know, for 1997. We changed the business pricing to be eighteen ninety seven, and we put the FBM to zero, even though we have FBM in stock and we have FBN stock. We just put it to zero, boom! Instantly, buy box comes back. We're able to raise the price within the pricing band. So there's some idiosyncrasy. He figured it out in Amazon that is looking at the difference between your normal price and your business price and your FBA and your FBM inventory, and causing you to lose the buy box. It's almost like they're competing against each other in some weird way. That's a quirk of the algorithm so if you have that problem and you just can't figure it out that's that's a little technique 
That's awesome. Now, guys, just remember, you know, for the rest of us, TST stands for 30 second tip. For Kevin and me, it stands for three minute uh, tip, but uh, that's still T, but I, I guess I didn't specify enough, but that's all right. We, we, we never cut Kevin off because he's always got some uh, some great uh, strategies. Now, speaking of, <laughs> yeah, he gave us the warning, guys. He gave us a warning. Now, you know, of course, people uh, definitely always like, you know, learning from you with, with those kind of tips and and one of the ways uh, that people can do that is through the Freedom Ticket program, guys. So if you're not yet a Helium 10 member, make sure to go ahead and sign up and you'll have full access to the 80 module, 80 plus module now, a uh, course that that Kevin worked on called Freedom Ticket, uh, voted last year as the top uh, course in the Amazon industry. And so you can get more information on that at h10.me forward slash Freedom Ticket, h10.me forward slash Freedom Ticket. And we also launched uh, last year uh, something new with uh, Kevin, especially, and with other people here at Helium 10 called Freedom Ticket Extra. It's kind of like a, a coaching program where you'll be able to, you know, twice a week ask either Kevin or a Helium 10 expert on anything to do with, with uh, Amazon or Helium 10 or strategies or things like that. You know, just, just recently, do you know of, like, can you recall some some cool questions that people have asked you on these coaching calls? Oh, man, it's all over. Yeah, I do a call every Monday for about an hour and a half to two hours uh, with the people that are in the Freedom Ticket Extra. So you first need Freedom Ticket, and then you can you can get into the Freedom Ticket Extra. And it's, uh, I do a, a call every Monday, and then one Monday of the week, uh, Monday, I'm sorry, of the month, I bring in a, a special guest uh, to talk about a very specific subject. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, sometimes there's like 200 questions. I answer every single question. So it's not like I'm going to cherry pick the question. Nothing's sent to me in advance. So it's all live. Every question, I don't know every single answer, um, but I know most of them. And so I go through every single question. So they'll, basically there's crickets in the room. Uh, and so, uh, that it's, I love it. Um, I, and people seem to be getting a, a really good value out of it. And you can ask anything, you know, people are asking everything from launching strategies to Facebook strategies to, you know, my list, something happened to my listing. How do I fix this or fix that? Or how do I use a flat file or how, uh, you know, everything. I mean, it, it runs the yep. gamut of anything, Amazon, uh, you know, and sometimes I'll tell people, look, you know, I don't, we're not going to explain that here. You know, there's a whole module in the Freedom Ticket. It's better, you know, if you go watch that module. Um, but uh, most of it is just it's an extra value. And it's add on or it's clarification of stuff that they might have learned or might be experiencing uh, in their Amazon journey that they're already selling or if they're uh, still in the process of learning. Cool, cool. Yes, absolutely. So, guys, if you want more information on how to be able to join those calls, go to helium10.com forward slash F. T X F T is in Tom X. Um, yeah, last way, but not least, the only way, you, other than ahead. maybe on Clubhouse right now, and I don't know how, how yeah. long I'll be, you know, I don't know how long we'll be doing the Clubhouse stuff, but that's the only way to talk to me directly. I don't do any private consulting or anything like that. So Freedom Ticket Extra is your best way to, to yep. make sure uh, you can access me and and get a hopefully get an answer to your question or problem. Yep, and, and then you're also bringing some. Uh, experts together for a, a virtual conference can you just talk a, a little bit about that um yeah sure um yeah before the pandemic in 2019 um i held a i do an event called the billion dollar seller summit billion with a b uh and the event is mostly for experienced amazon so it's not for new people you need to i mean you can come if you're new but uh most people don't it's advanced level stuff uh average in the room is like eight million dollars i think at the last one somewhere around that seven and a half, eight million million sellers on Amazon. It's a small event, less than a hundred people. Uh, it's in Austin. It's expensive, uh, but it's a really good networking event, really good content information, next level strategies. 
you know, I, I've, I've brought in guys from China. That's like, here's all the, 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 that flew in from China. This is what the Chinese are doing just to, to mess up your listings. And here's how you combat it. You know, it's, it's next level stuff. Uh, because of the, the pandemic, there wasn't one last year. Uh, there's going to be a live, uh, the next live one is going to be in September, mid September of uh, this year, you know, assuming people are able to travel by then in, in decent numbers and feel comfortable doing it here in Austin. But I'm also doing a virtual one at the end of February, at the end of the, at the end of this month. Um, and so, uh, it's, it's limited, uh, you know, it's also, it's not just what it's going to be less than a hundred people, but there's some cash prizes. You know, we have a, we have a ninja hat contest. It's going to have like a $5,000 cash prize on it. Um, we have the speakers that, uh, the, the speakers are going to get voted on in their presentations and one of them is going to win $10,000 in cash, uh, for their presentation. Uh, so people are going to be bringing bringing it. Uh, so it's not the stuff you hear on podcasts, not the stuff you hear on clubhouse or in other trainings. Um, it's next level stuff. So, uh, yeah, if, if you're interested in that and the virtual one's not expensive, um, it's going to be less than a thousand bucks, uh, for the virtual one. So, uh, yeah, it's at billion dollar It's a basic page. It's nothing fancy. Um, uh, because it always sells out quickly. Uh, so, uh, billion dollar If you're interested in that. Okay, cool. Excellent. Excellent. All right, Kevin. Well, thank you again, as always for uh, coming on the show. Your episodes are always the, uh, the, the favorite of many of our listeners and let's see what happens with some of that stuff, you know, that you, that, that you were talking about today, you know, like with that PPE company and, and then the doggy poop bags and you got a lot of, let's see what happens with your calendars this year. We got tons of stuff that we're definitely going to be able to follow up with you next year. And no problem, man. Glad to be here. And, uh, Keep on crushing it, Bradley. It's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to when I'm shipping calendars or doing anything else. Love it. Thank you so much.